Hello and welcome to the Physician Assistant Exam Review Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 19, and we're going to be covering ischemia. My name is Brian Wallace. I'm the host and creator here at Physician Assistant Exam Review. Uh, check out the website, www.physicianassistantexamreview.com. If you are not on the email list, please head on over there and check that out. Uh, hop on the email list. I gave you so much information. I've started a new uh, system over there that I'm so excited, really, really uh, excited. <laughs> I just use that word. Really, I just can't wait to see how this pans out. I am uh, going to start a whole new way of emailing, a whole new way of delivering great content, great information to you through that system. So please go on over to the website and check that out. I think you'll be uh, very pleased that you did. Uh, again, www.physicianassistantexamreview.com, and it should be pretty easy to figure it out from there. Uh, this week, we're going to be covering ischemia. We're continuing with the cardiovascular system. And let's jump right in and start with our priming questions. As you know, I do the priming questions because there's data that shows that these help your brain to latch on the information when you stop and think, when you use your brain. That's one of the number one keys, one of the number one rules we have here is I want you to be using your brain, not passively just sitting and listening uh, like you do in class and fading out like I did in a lecture this morning I was in. What I need you to do is actually be actively participating, actively thinking, actively using your brain. That's what's going to keep you on cue. That's what's going to make you build new neural pathways and hold on to the information that we're covering is actually using your brain. So without further uh, introduction, let's go ahead and get started with our priming questions. Number one is going to be describe Levine's sign. Describe Levine's sign. So even if you don't know what I'm talking about, even if you barely remember this, you should be able to come up with something. If you had to write down an answer, write it down, think it through in your head, a whole complete sentence. Describe Levine's sign. Levine's sign is a clenched fist over the heart. What's the difference in clinical presentation between stable and unstable angina? What's the difference in clinical presentation between stable and unstable angina? One difference is that uh, unstable angina is not relieved. I'm sorry, stable angina is relieved with rest. And unstable angina is not relieved with rest. And typically, uh, stable angina resolves in about 30 minutes. All right, so let's jump into ischemia. An insufficient supply of oxygen that leads to tissue damage or death. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, insufficient supply of oxygen. So no oxygen getting to the tissue, which results in death. There are lots of reasons this can happen. Atherosclerosis is one, so we block up the arteries. So basically, our answers are we stop the blood flow. Okay, our causes are stopping the blood flow to tissue, which prevents oxygen from getting there, then the tissue dies. Atherosclerosis, so it has to be pretty bad. Uh, constriction of arteries is another one. So for different reasons, the arteries, the muscle, musculature and the arteries constricts them, cuts off blood flow. Uh, emboli, we've talked about emboli recently. So emboli, an embolus is something that travels through the bloodstream unattached to anything else. And as it heads downstream into the smaller and smaller vessels, it tra gets trapped and creates a log jam. Uh, and stops blood from flowing. So an embolus. And then bleeding is another one that can cause ischemia, so low blood volume. If we have someone hemorrhaging out through their femoral artery, uh, they may wind up with some ischemia in their leg. Risk factors for ischemia. Um, so basically what we're looking at is risk factors for all of the things I just talked about and a few others. So stress would be 
uh, constriction of arteries, atherosclerosis, and emboli, all of those things could be downstream from stress. Atypical increases in activity can cause some of these issues. Uh, being male will increase your risk of ischemia. Advancing age, smoking, obesity, family history for these things. So if like family history for atherosclerosis, obviously not for bleeding, um, hypertension, diabetes, inactivity, dyslipidemia, uh, cocaine use, that's for constriction of the arteries. All of these things can lead to ischemia. Clinical presentation. So angina is really how we clinically present with ischemia, or one way we can is, is present with ischemia. Crushing chest pain and the feeling of impending doom uh, will, would be one of my favorites. Uh, mid-sternal pain, which may radiate to the jaw, neck, shoulder, or down the left arm. Stable angina. So this is what we talked about earlier. Stable angina versus unstable angina. Stable angina is brought on with physical activity and relieved with rest. This usually resolves within about 30 minutes. I may have screwed that up at the top of the show. There's a good chance I did. Um, so forget what I said at the beginning. Understand it's a possible test question, but pay attention to what I have to say at this particular spot. Stable angina is brought on with physical activity and relieved with rest. It usually resolves within about 30 minutes. Unstable angina, non-ST elevation, is also known as, an un, as a non-ST elevated myocardial infarction, is increasing chest pain and occurs at rest or with exercise, but resting doesn't seem to make the pain stop or go, go get better. All right, so let me just make sure I'm totally clear on this because I, I know that I messed it up at the beginning. Stable versus unstable. Stable angina brought on with physical activity and then relieved when you stop that activity and usually resolves in about 30 minutes. I have a good friend who I work with who recently was complaining of chest pain uh, when he exercised. And he's just not chest pain, but he got a little tight. He felt a little bit tight when he exercised, when he was on the treadmill. Uh, so it was one of, the, one of the docs I work with, and he called up one of his friends as a cardiologist, said, why don't you come on over and do a stress test? They actually stopped the stress test on the treadmill about one minute in and said, oh my God, you, you have to stop exercising. We're going to have you in for a stent uh, this week and get this taken care of. Um, that's stable angina. When, when it tightens up, when you're exercising, um, and then resolves within about 30 minutes. So it's a mid-sternal pain, which may radiate to the neck or jaw or shoulder. Uh, but this good, good friend of mine said it just felt really tight in his chest, was his description. Unstable angina is increasing chest pain, which occurs at rest or with exercise. Um, but then doesn't really resolve after the exercise. Prince metals angina is another one. This is uh, a, a variant angina and not super common, but easy to write test questions on. It's vasospasms of the coronary arteries bring this on. All right, so what's happening here is with stable angina, what happens is you, you exercise and you increase the cardiac output, um, which, is, which causes, and you increase the needs for oxygen to the heart. Right, so that's what causes your your that that ischemia is you need you need more blood flow to the heart and you're not getting it uh, as much as as what you need. So you're getting that that pain that ischemia, but then it's relieved with rest. With Prince Metal's angina, what causes the the heart to need more oxygen is that the vessels constrict. So the vasospasm of the coronary arteries, those coronary arteries clamp down. They're not getting enough blood flow to the heart, not through the heart but to the tissue of the heart, to the musculature of the heart, isn't getting enough oxygen. There's still blood flowing through the heart, right, as it pumps it out to the body, but the vessels that bring the blood to the tissue of the heart, they're, not, they're, they're constricting and not bringing oxygen to the muscle of the heart, and then you're getting ischemia. 
uh, this type is not affected by activity at all. And in this case, a beta blocker is contraindicated. We'll talk about the, the treatments in a little bit, but I want to put that up front. Beta blocker is contraindicated here. Lowering heart rate isn't going to help us. Where normally, like in a stable angina, it's relieved with rest, right? If we can, because it, it comes on because the heart's pumping harder, you get that more need for more oxygen. You can't get the oxygen to the tissue of the heart. So then the, the, uh, uh, the heart starts to become ischemic. In the case of, so we're going to give a beta blocker to drop the heart rate so that the heart needs less oxygen. So then it stops the ischemia. In a Prince Metals angina, uh, lowering the heart rate isn't going to help us, right? Because the, the reason for our ischemia is different. Although they're both lack of oxygen, one is that the heart needs more oxygen, so it's trying to draw more oxygen. The other is the heart just needs what normal oxygen it gets, but the coronary arteries have clamped off, so now we're not bringing that oxygen to the heart muscle. And again, it took me a long time to understand the difference between blood flowing through the heart and blood feeding the heart muscle. It's not necessarily the same, right? So that took me a long, I don't know why, I just was very dense and it, I didn't understand the difference. And so this is, although there's blood flowing through the heart, the heart muscle is not being fed because those coronary arteries are, are being clamped off. So we're getting ischemia. Ooh, all right. So I hope we didn't get too muddled there in the weeds. Levine's sign is the clenched fist held over the heart would be the other another clinical presentation for uh, that ischemic heart. Labs and studies, uh, an ECG, we show ST depressions and downsloping ST wave. Exercise ECG and ST depression of one millimeter is a positive test. So that seems like a super simple test question to write. So please keep it in mind. An ST depression of one millimeter is a positive test, right? Uh, I'm not sure what my, my friend's drop was, but they stopped the test. So it must have been at least that. Echo, uh, this will view the left ventricular function and to see us how we're doing there. Uh, cardiac cath is going to be the diagnostic um, test here. And then you're going to get your opponents to rule out MI if that's necessary. We'll talk about that in next week's show when we talk about myocardial infarction. Treatments. Our treatment here is going to begin with dealing with the risk factors, right? So the things we talked about for causes, weight reduction, diabetes needs to be under control. Patients, if they're smoking, need to quit smoking. We need to get the blood pressure under control. We need to get the lipid, lipid panels under strict control and then increase our exercise as, uh, as we can. That's going to be our mainstay of treatments is to head these things off and do our behavioral modifications and do our uh, get our blood pressure, our diabetes, and our lipid panel under control. Medical treatments, sublingual nitroglycerin is going to be our you know, emergent treatment here. It's a potent vasodilator and should bring about immediate relief. Patients should, that pain should just go away. They should start feeling a whole lot better as soon as you do the sublingual nitroglycerin. The side effects, number one, hypotension. Obviously, this makes sense. This is a potent vasodilator, which means the vessels open up, blood pressure drops. Uh, this makes the angina feel a whole lot better, but it can put the patient on the floor. Uh, they can also get headaches from that hypotension and some nausea and vomiting. Long-acting nitrates would be another, is another option. These require several hours or a day treatment, um, or a day treatment-free to keep in uh, to, to maintain efficacy. Sorry, I messed that up again. But these require several hours a day treatment-free to keep in to keep up and maintain their efficacy. So these patients need a nitrate-free period of time throughout the day, or else the medication will not work as well as it um, as it should. But these long-acting nitrates, so it's isoorbidinitrate, 
um, works in a long-term situation. So somebody who's not going to have surgery but needs uh, some help here. Side effects, again, would be hypotension, headache, nausea, vomiting, same as with our uh, emergent nitrates, the sublingual nitroglycerin, but uh, obviously they'll be a, slightly different. It won't be quite as impactful. Uh, our beta blockers would be next. So shown that these are the, the one that's been shown to prolong life in patients with uh, CAD. That's going to be our, our, our most important one here. Are going to be beta blockers? This is first line therapy for chronic angina. But again, contraindicated in Prince Metals angina. And we talked about that before. Uh, these blunt the heart's response to epinephrine and norepinephrine. We've talked about cardiac meds, beta blockers reduce heart rate. They blunt the heart's response to epinephrine and norepinephrine. Uh, we can use calcium channel blockers here. These decrease the contractility of the heart and decrease peripheral vascular resistance. So again, if we drop contractility, we drop the need of oxygen to the heart, right? We drop the need for oxygen by de decreasing contractility. We decrease peripheral vascular resistance. We drop the blood pressure. Again, decrease the heart's need to pump harder. Uh, blood thinners are going to be on our list. Aspirin, 81 milligrams or 325 milligrams daily. Clopidogrel or Plavix, that's also known as, uh, may help us out here as well. Surgical is going to be another option as opposed to medical and to our lifestyle modifications. Surgical is going to be revascularization of some kind. Uh, balloon angioplasty and stents or coronary artery bypass grafting. Uh, cabbage. Right, so we either put a stent in, open up the vessels, or we do a coronary artery bypass and go in and actually replace the vessels. All right, so that'll wrap us up for ischemia. Uh, let's jump right into our study tip of the week. So I just finished a book um, called Mindset by Carol Dweck, which was excellent, and I strongly recommend that you, you pick it up. Really good, but some of the more important points I want to point out to you today, as far as our study tip goes, is the understanding, basically the, the whole premise for the book was the idea of the growth versus fixed mindset and how we approach different things that we do. Uh, I took a lot of it talking about test taking because that's what I hear a lot of people talk about is, geez, I'm terrible at taking tests. And her point was you have, the, the thought is you either have permanent traits that are fixed and tests are designed to judge those traits or you're a developing person who's learning new skills, that you are either a finished product or you're still growing and learning and improving. And if you're a finished product and you're no longer improving, then yes, you can be a bad test taker. You can be bad at things. If you are a growth mindset person and you have the idea that you can grow and get better at things, then you're not bad at taking tests you just haven't learned all the skills that you need yet. You need to practice and learn new things. There's lots of ways to get better at this. But if you just keep repeating the same things over and over, and every time you walk into a test, you think it's just a judgment on your ability to take tests or not take tests, then of course it's going to be hard. Of course it's going to be scary. But if you use each one, each test as a way to think about how you're doing, and if you don't do well, to stop and reflect and try to improve and learn new things and do better next time. This is the difference between what she calls, what Carol Dweck calls the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. And you can apply this to pretty much any area of your life. And even though you may have a growth mindset in one area, you're very likely fixed mindset in some other areas. So it's something to pay attention to. And like I said, I wanted to particularly bring this up as far as it goes to test taking, because it's something I feel very strongly about that. Test taking is a group of skills 
that, and studying is the same thing, uh, it's a group of skills that you learn over time. Some of us learn them on our own. Um, I some of, I read tons of books on this stuff. Something I've always practiced, always done uh, well with. But some people just don't pick it up naturally, which is fine. And by naturally, I mean haven't practiced, studied it, tested new things as far as it goes. They've done the same things over and over and over, and just said, "Well, geez, I'm not good at this." But if you're not growing, then of course you're not going to be good. At it. This isn't something you you start out good at. It's not something that you're born knowing how to do. It's something that you learn how to do. And if you haven't learned it yet, that's okay. And maybe your brains and your ability to memorize have gotten you this far. But sometimes when you get a little further, it gets harder and harder. You need to pick up some new skills. You need to learn some new things. So it's not that you're not a good test taker. It's that you need to learn some new ways to do it. You need to learn some new ideas. And that's one of the things that I like to present to you and bring to you here at physicianassistantsandreview.com, as well as, like I said, through the email system. So please check that out. That's going to be your best way to learn new things and develop your skills as a test taker. It's the best way I can provide that information to you. One great illustration of this, and I sent this out to the email list this week, uh, was a story from the book that she uses. And it goes like this. So Philip was a 14-year-old who was working on a project with his father. When he spilled a bucket of nails, Philip says, I'm so clumsy. And his dad replies, that's not what we say when we spill the nails. Philip says, what do we say? And the dad responded, we say the nails spilled and I'm going to clean them up. And that's it. It's not a referendum on Philip. It doesn't say he's clumsy and will always be clumsy. And that's just the way he is. The answer is we made a mistake, we fix it, and we learn from it, we clean it up. Growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Definitely go check out her book. Um, It's Carol Dweck. And the book is called Mindset. She also has a great talk on, uh, uh, a great TED talk. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So go check that out. Um, Just, it's about 10 minutes. It's totally worth seeing. I think it'll change your ideas of how some of this stuff works and how you can get better at it. All right, let's jump into our post questions. What medication class is first line for chronic angina? What medication class is first line for chronic angina? beta blockers what type of angina do we not use i'm sorry what in what type of angina do we not use beta blockers again that was prince metals angina and then what amount of st change is considered significant on an ecg during a stress test what amount of st change is considered significant on an ecg during a stress test and here our answer is one millimeter All right, great. Well, that'll bring us to the end of ischemia. Next week, we'll talk about uh, myocardial ischemic events, and we'll go through a lot on that. Uh, I would congratulate all the people who emailed me this week and told me that they passed, except I don't have, I usually keep a little file with all that information, and I don't have it in front of me. So congratulations to all of those of you who emailed me this week. and Let me know that you passed. Congratulations to you. If you're taking your exam this coming week, uh, good luck, and please let me know how you make out. And again, next week, we'll be talking about myocardial infection. If you haven't signed up yet, head over to the website, check out the, all the information, the, the show notes, everything that's over there, the TED Talk by Carol Dweck, and of course, sign up for the email list. And I will talk to you next week. Take care.